This is in the Sefer HaMitzvah. This is the second prohibition. Um, that and, and it talks about the warning not to make any idols or uh, uh, psilim, those are carved out images uh, that are worshipped. Um, and uh, he brings down the Rambam, it makes no difference whether you're making it uh, by yourself, that you're actually constructing it, or you're asking somebody else to make it for you. Uh, that's based on the uh, Pasuk, which is in the Ten Commandments. It says, Lo pesel tumuna, not to make to yourself any pestle, any statue, or any, or any image. Uh, and um, one who violates this prohibition will be uh, liable for Malchus, you get the lashes, uh, which means uh, either for making the Avodazar, that means just constructing the Avodazar. We're not even talking about worshipping it, we're talking about just constructing it, or if you ask somebody else to make it for you, even without worshipping it, you would still be violating the prohibition, and you would get lashes for that. This is a Sefer HaMitzvah, this is the third Mitzvah prohibition. Uh, here we're talking about Mitzvah Shlishis. We have been warned not to make an idol a worship, even for somebody else. Before we were talking about making for yourself or having somebody else make for you. In this case, we're talking about making a Vedazora, but making it even for somebody else. Even one who's requesting to construct that Vedazora is a non Jew. So he wants it for himself. You're not allowed to construct an Vedazora for a Goy. This is what the Pasuk says in Vayikra, in Perikutas Pasuk Dalet. Over there the Pasuk says, These are uh, molted, uh, molten uh, gods that are melted down. From the, don't make for yourself. And the Veloshen Sifra, the Veloshen Sifra, Velekei Masecha Loisasu, it says, Shudu Afilu Lachedim. That is, even though the verse says but when it says don't make uh, it includes everybody even making it for others Amru, and over there they say like this if you make a worship an idol for yourself then you will be violating two warnings two prohibitions uh, what it's doing what, it's, what it means to say First, you are going to be violating for making it with your hands, and that would be even if you do it for others. Commotion is by the mitzvah as we know in this mitzvah, that even if you have no intention of worshiping it, just the fact that you're constructing another desire, even for somebody else, you'll be in violation of this prohibition. But vegam oiver al sherochas avedezora v'hari ibrishusay. You will also be violating for acquiring an avedezora that you is now in your property that you own now. You own that. Afim zesh also lo yachal. That would be even if another person makes it for you. But if he makes it for you and you own it now, that's a separate kimeshik called the mitzvah base. As we said in the second mitzvah, that you're not allowed to even have somebody else make for you an avodah So when you're making an avodah you're having two things. First of all, you made it, and number two, you're possessing the avodah and therefore That's why you would get two times lashes for each prohibition. You get thirty-nine lashes. So in this case, you'd get two times malchus. This halacha, this law with the previous one has been articulated in the tractate of Avodah Zorah. In the Sefer HaMitzvahs, the mitzvah reveals. That's the prohibition number four. So we hear it says, The prohibition that we warned not to make an image of a person, a shape of a person, out of metal. Or havonim, or stones. Or ha'etzim, or wood, they may, or similar to them. Even if we don't construct them in order to worship them, 
And the reason is, Vizoyis, what's the reason? So why, why would there be a prohibition? The person is not worshiping them. So the Raman explains, This is in order to distance from making shapes general. So that you shouldn't think about them as the general community thinks uh, about them. Those who worship idols, they think that these shapes have some sort of a power, they have influence. So in order, so we don't even create any of these things so as not to give any sort of credence or any sort of uh, opportunity for mistakes. And he says, this is what it says, Hashem says, maybe elevated in Shmois don't make with me silver gods, golden gods, don't make. This is metal, all kinds of the all kinds of the language the Mechilta, as far as this prohibition, by explaining it says, when the verse says, don't make silver golden gods, don't say, I'm going to make it for beauty. Just like other people make it in their countries. Don't make for yourself. Don't make this. And one who violates this prohibition, Malkus, would libel for lashes. The uh, laws of this mitzvah have been articulated. Some shapes you are permitted to develop. Some are not, some are prohibited. And how you should develop it. Besides that, other details were explained. The Peter Gimel, in the third chapter of the And it's been articulated in that this prohibition, don't make golden silver gods. This also includes other uh, plans from besides this mitzvah. But the simple meaning of the pasuk is what we talked about here. So should have mechilta as explained in the mechilta. The sefer of mitzvahs. We'll do now the fifth mitzvah. This is just the regular mitzvah. We were warned. There's a prohibition against bowing to idols to avodah Avedazor means a strange service which is not for God, which is for idols. Obarur. And this is clear, the Rambam says. When we say a strange service, what's the intention? Anything that is worshipped besides God is considered Avedazor. Anything that you worship outside of God is already Avedazor. This is also based on the Pasik. In Shemois, Perik Chav, Pasik Hei, and in Dvarim Hei part of the uh, Ten Commandments, the Torah says, Lo Sishtachav Elohem, don't buy down to them, the Loso of them. The verse isn't intending to only prohibit bowing down. Lo Loso, to, in exclusion, of anything else. We're not specifically saying don't bow down, but you're allowed to do other things. The Pasik just mentions a sample, a sampling of the ways of the service. Bowing is one of the, is just an example of one of the things. And the same thing is true. We are also warned against bringing an offering to Avaidazara. And against burning uh, incense for the Avodah And one who violates one of these. Now, these are the four that we're talking about, which is one is bowing. Or you bring in an offering for it, or you make a libation. Or you make you make an, a burning incense in front of them. 
chayiv skila, you're liable for skila for the death, for 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 stoning. Veloshina mechilta, the language of the mechilta is zoveach lelikim yachram. The pasuk in Shmuel's Chovet Yutes says, if you shecht, you slaughter, which is in this case it's a korban. It says yachram. Yachram in this context means that you should be put to death. So we know oynes shamanu. We hear a punishment. But where do we hear? Uh, how do where the Torah said don't do it? Again, the same issue we mentioned earlier. Where does it say don't do it? Talmud loimar So the prohibition is from the Aseris Adibris. The punishment is over here. Now, so it says Zvicha. So the, the, the strange thing is over there in the pasuk in the warning. It says don't. Bow down. Now we're saying don't bow down includes it's a sample. It means don't bow down, don't do any of the four things. But here, when the Torah talks about punishment, it doesn't say if you bow down you will get a yachram. It says if you shecht before and you'll get yachram. So we're saying that zvicha So zvicha was part of all the others. It was part of bowing down. The lelamed. It came out, and the Torah specified over here, and said shechting to teach us something over here. That what? That mas v'icham yuchedus shikiyotu b'avidin l'shamayim v'chayov n'olehu. Just like when you shecht, this is similar uh, to what we do for Hashem, because what we do for Hashem, we shecht the korban. That's what we do. So the korban we shecht for Hashem, and therefore, if you do it for the others, you'll be liable for it. Uh, whether uh, whether this is the way he is served or not served, anything which is similar to shechting, that you service to Hashem, you'll be chayvalov. Whether it is the way it is served or it's not served. If it's a kind of a service that is done to Hashem, that's the definition when you get the punishment. If you do what's done for Hashem and you do that for Avodah Zorah, then, which is the four, mainly, these are the four things that are done for Hashem. You shecht, you bring incense, you board libations, and you bow. And you bow. So he says like this, and the idea of this word is like this. Sha'ar b'minas avodis elu, that these four types of worship behem. Ha'ishtachavoye bowing, v'azvicha and shechting, v'akitur and the burning of the incense, v'anisuch and the libation, sh'behem nischayavnu, lavadis Hashem izbala. These four worships, services we have to do for Hashem, may He be elevated. Kol mishayavad avodizor b'achnem. Anybody who's going to worship avodizor in one of them, ha'izkila will liable for the stoning. Even if the one that you worship is not usually worshipped in this kind of manner, you still be high. This is what we call in the unusual way that you worship the other ones. Even though he he worshipped it not in the normal way of servicing. Once you use one of this, you'll be liable for the stoning. Im who makes it, if you're intentional, who bekores im he would be cut off if it's not known because there's no adim, so we can't do the the, the skila. Or we're not going to punish. Or if he's a mistaken, he did an accident, then he's going to bring an offering of a korban chatos kavua, which is a set chatos which everybody brings, as opposed to oil of which is for other times. Bechain im kibul olav be'eze ba'olav. Eze dover she kibul olav. Harizachayim. That is a person accepted upon himself, like with a curse. You don't even worship them, but you sort of say, this is my God. You know, you, you sort of make a vow, an olav. You make an oath that I accept a new God. Eze dover she kibul olav. Then you're also liable just for accepting it. There's one thing of worshiping him without accepting it, but there's something else about accepting it. 
this prohibition has been already duplicated, which is in the prohibition of worshipping in one of these four types even if it's not the usual way that, that prohibition has been duplicated in the Torah in Vayikra Perik Yud in Posik Yud in Vomri Yisal over there the Posik says Hashem says they shall no longer make their offerings for the Seirim what are the Seirim? Seirim means goats, literally the Sifra says Seirim means the demons that's what it means the demons would mean all of the Zoras, all the idols. The Gemara of the Sochem is Bayer, Shalavzeh, Udafke, Beshachet, Lavedozorem, that this prohibition is specifically if you are slurring for the Zorah, Afilu, Im, Ein, Darko, Beshachita, even if that particular one is not the usual way. So we see that the Torah is duplicating this prohibition against, even if it's not the usual way, if it's Shita. How do we know that if one, the Gemara says, one who shechts an animal in front of Markulis, which he usually throws stones on, how do we know that you're going to be Chayiv? It says, they shall no longer bring their offering to the Seirim. So, we don't need so we don't need a pasik for the usual way why would we have to say another thing you can't shecht for them we don't need that pasik for the, if, you, if, if you normally shecht for the seirim that's the way that you do you shecht for them we don't need a pasik because the pasik already says there's a verse in the Bible Islam it says the way they worship their gods I'm going to do the same thing that's why we're saying that we have to say that you're shechting even if it's not the usual way, like we said before, if you slaughter an animal, well, no matter if it's the usual or not the usual way, you're still going to be chayim. In Cain, however, one who violates it, him who maze it, if his intention is to be chorus, to be skilled, to be arno, would be chorus and skill as we explained, to be shogig, and next the act of carbon, veloshin akosuf, zerveyach lelekim yochram. The Torah says, if you shech to gods, Yochram. Yochram is, in this context, it means that he will be put to death. The laws of this mitzvah have been explained in the seventh chapter of Sanhedrin. About in the Sefer HaMitzvah, this is the sixth mitzvah, the prohibition, the number six prohibition. And this is the uh, prohibition that God instructed us, God warned us not to worship idol worship. Even outside of the four mentioned services. There's the normal services that are all-inclusive, which all idol worships would be bowing to it, slaughtering in front of it, libations in front of it. Those are standard offering for it. Those are standard for avoiders, which are for all Avodah For any idol that you, any god that you do any of these four main services, and we learn them because we do that in the temple for God. Whatever you do for God, you can't do for the idols. You can't do. And it's bowing, and it's offering, and it's, uh, uh, and it's libation, and uh, what? Well, is libation like a water? No, libation is you're putting it on, on the... On, on the on the altar, you you pour wine or oil or things like that. It's like serving the idols in that in in that way. But then we have every idol has its own kind of a of of, of worship. You know, you worship in a different way. So he says, as Arbetnai she is a But the other idol worship, if you do it in its way, the way that they're normally worshipped, so then that would be a prohibition as well. So Kolayma. If you worship any idols in the way that it's normally worshipped, so even if you're not doing one of the four regular standard things, then there is a prohibition against that. As for example, it's a very strange Avedizorah. In that Avedizorah is, 
they would actually relieve themselves in front of the Abu Zara. That was a way that they would worship the Abu Zara. And that was so if one relieves himself in front of the power or Yusuf Ibn Markulis. They had another worship, they had a Markulis was a, a goddess, was an idol. They throw rocks on them. Now, one would think relieving yourself or throwing rocks is a degradation. It's not a service. It's something, it's the opposite. But in this case, it's actually the way that they're worshipped. So the Torah warns us against worshipping idols in the way that they are worshipped. So he says, This is when Hashem that you be elevated, warned us about this. It says, Don't worship them. This is a Pasuk Yishmais, Perichal Pasuk Gimel. The language of Mechilta used. Don't bow to them, don't worship them. Why does the Torah say two separate, don't bow and don't worship? So, to obligate a person for servicing or worshipping it independently and also for bowing separately. So therefore, a person who will throw a stone for the Avodazor of Pa'or. A Pa'or you don't throw. A Pa'or you relieve yourself. But he goes and he throws a stone onto the Pa'or. Or, or he relieves himself in front of the Markulis, which is normally thrown. Then you're not going to be liable. Why? That's not the worship of that particular Avaidah. Because the Pasik says, because Hashem says, the elevated one may be elevated, says, So the Pasik in Dvarim Yudbe is Lamed. That how do these nations worship their gods? I will do so. So you're only obligated when you follow and you worship in the way that they worship. That is when you are liable for worshiping Abedazorah by using their methods. However, one who violates this prohibition intentionally, would be liable for stoning and would be cut off. If there is no witnesses there, so they can't do skila. Will be shogig if he does it accidentally. He didn't know it's not allowed, or whatever the case of shogig would get a carbon. He'd have to bring an offering as an atonement. Also, these laws of this mitzvah have been articulated in the seven chapters of Hedrin. Visham Amru, and over there it's said like this: that why does the Torah have to give us three times that it will be cut off by the Zorah? Why do we need three separate Christus chorus? So there's like Achas Likidarka, one for the nature, one's when you do it in the normal way, Achas Likidarka, one's if you do it in the unusual way, Achas Lemoilach, and one for the worship of Moilach. So what does it mean? Kulaymer, for Moilach, that's another Avay Zorah. What it means like this. A person who worships to any item from any type of Avodah Zorah, any idol worship, any idol worship, and from any kind from which is, but you are worshiping it from the types of service that is normally performed for that of a desire. It doesn't matter what it is. How does a chayiv kodesh? That would be chayiv kodesh. But nai sheyavet kidarka. That conditional that you're doing it in the usual way as it's done. Kloimar. The davar sheyadarka loved by in the nature that it's done in the usual way that it's done. As for example, mentioned before, poyer lepoyer. You relieve yourself in front of poyer. You throw a stone on the Markulis. And you remove your hair. Apparently, they would cut their hair for the Vedazor of Kemosh. So, the number one chorus is worshipping an idol in its usual way. Number two, but if you worship in one of the four Avoidas, 
as slaughtering, offerings, bringing the blood, bowing, which is the four avodas, anything that is worshipped, that doesn't matter. Even though it's not its usual way, you don't worship it like that. But if you do the four main categories of worship, then you are chayiv, chorus, even if it's not the usual way you worship it. If you bring an offering for Pa'ir, that's not what people do for Pa'ir. Pa'ir, you relieve yourself, but he brought an offering. Or you bowed for this Markulis, which is bowing and offering are two of the four Avaidas. So that's the case which is not in the usual way. And the third one is the Mavir That is talking about a person who passes through in fire in front of the Molech, as I will explain. That was an Avodah whether it actually meant that people would burn their children in fire in front of the Avodah or they would just pass through the fires in Avodah <coughs> This is sort of a altogether a different type because you're just passing through in the fire. And the Rambam says that he will explain that separately. Prohibition number 10 is the prohibition against uh, one bringing in his mind and looking into the idol worships of the other nations. Which it means to say is that it's prohibited to study and to investigate those foolishness, those imag- imaginations, and the foolishness that those who have established a tribute to it. And they say that a certain spirituality can be brought down through this and this type of activity, and it can do for you so and so, or this star when you offer incense to it and you stand in front of it in certain way, then it will do a certain act. And all similar things to this, just thinking about these things and just uh, contemplating in those imaginations is what would uh, bring and arouse a foolish person to go and seek and to worship them. The Pasuk warns us against this. The Pasuk says, Altifnu elho elilim, not to turn to the elilim. The language of the Sifra. If you will turn after them, then you will make them into a god. They further state that Rabbi Huda says, don't turn to see them. That means even to just look at the image of a statue and the external of it and to look into how it is made is prohibited so that you should not occupy part of your time in any part of them. In the Perik Shoyel Odom HaChaveroi, the chapter in the Talmud Shoyel HaChaveroi, it's written, one who walks beneath an, beneath, beneath an image of a statue and underneath the image, you're not allowed to read the writing over there. And the image itself even during the weekday, you're prohibited to look at it. Because the Torah says, don't turn altifna lilim. What does it mean? It mean altifna means uh, that you should not, el that you should not willingly go ahead and pay attention to it. The prohibition has been duplicated as far as this goes about the even thinking with regards to a desire is the Pasuk and Dvarim Yudal of Pasuk Tezayin. The Torah says, You should be careful, lest your heart will persuade you, and you will turn and you will worship. That means to say, that if your heart will mistakenly uh, journey and get lost to think about it, this will cause you later on to go away from the path, the straight path, and to occupy yourself in worshiping it. Further, they said, as far as this Pasuk says, Lest you raise your eyes to the skies and you see the sun and the moon, etc. So the Pasuk says, The Torah wasn't warning here not to raise your head and look at the sky. But that's not what it's talking about. The Torah wants you not to pay attention. 
not to think about what those who worship attribute to those stars and to those uh, other items they worship. Further, in the Varim Perikud Beis Posek Lamed, it says, Upantidresh Lelei, Heyem Leimarech, Yavda Goyim Ha'elas, Eleheyem Beskim Gan Oni. You may seek their gods to say, How do these nations work their gods? Let me do the same. He also warned us not to question how, what type of a service it is, even without worshiping it, because all this causes a person to mistakenly follow it. You should know that one who transgresses this matter is liable for lashes. It has already been explained in the end of the first chapter of Ervin that when they say that you would get lashes, it says, for Eruvit Chumim Dvar Torah, for the uh, violation of going out of the boundary from the Torah. So they brought the proof because the Torah says in Shemais Tezayin Chavtez, Al Yetzi Ishmim So here the Torah uses the language of Al instead of Loi. So the Gemara asks, how would a person get for a prohibition Malchus lashes? It says Al, it doesn't say Loi. And they answered in a rhetorical way, and they say, if everything that says in love in the language of Al would not get Malchus, so how would you get Malchus for Avoidazora when it says Al Tifnu El Hoilulim also says Al? So are you gonna say that you don't get Malchus? So we see clearly that for turning after the Avodizora, one will definitely get lashes. In the modern day Avodizora would mean uh, this is from the Hasidic uh, literature. And for the Rebbe's literature, the modern day Avodah is perhaps not worshipping directly the star, but it's worshipping, you know, all the natural means, uh, worshipping money, worshipping power, worshipping uh, human beings. That would all, for by extension, that would all be included in the prohibition against, uh, in the broader sense, against uh, worshipping idols. You, in the Sefer HaMitzvah, so we will do the 15th mitzvah. Uh, the fifteenth mitzvah is that we were warned um, against calling to Avodah Zorah. In other words, we're not allowed to invite people to say what we used to say. Kolaymar Hazorish is Adam Likra Avodah Zorah. Kolaymar Likra Bnei Adam Lavedosom Ulazarzom Lekach to call other people to go worship idols or to encourage them to do that. Kolaymar. In other words, what we're saying is the person himself may not be worshipping himself. He's just getting other people to worship. He hadn't done anything, you know, creating it, building it, buying it. He doesn't possess it. All what he did was just to call, invite people, encourage other people to go worship Avedizara. That's a violation. That's a prohibition as well. And here we have a difference. And this person, if he invites many, many a lot of people that he invites, he's called a madiach. In Hebrew it's a madiach. Madiach means he pushes away. He pushes a whole bunch of people away. He's trying to encourage a whole bunch of people. This is based on the verse. It says in the Vorim Perikud, Gimel Paskud Aleph. It says, the verse talks about Yotza Noshim Bnei Bliyal Mikubecho Vayadichu Es Yoshvi Irim Lemer. So the verse is saying that people, evil people, have gone out from amongst you, and they have Madiach. They pushed away the people of their city, which means we're talking about people from within the city, encouraging, getting many people of the city to worship idols. Let's go there. That's if you call many. But if you just call one person, then you're called a Macy's. A Macy's means one who persuades in the other way. Pushes away, that's a lot. And a Macy's is one who does for one. That is another Pasuk for that. And that's a Dvarim Yudgimel Pasuk Zion. It says, When your brother's son or your mother's son, meaning a relative of yours, your mother's son, etc., will persuade you. So over there, 
And in this mitzvah alone, we are talking about uh, just about one who pushes away. Where is the warning for this? Because over there the Pasuk is just talking about what happens to a person that does that. Where does the Torah tell you not to do that? We know already that you can't punish unless there's a warning. So that warning comes from Shmois Chav Gimel Yud Gimel from 23, Shmois 23, 13, verse 13. It says, It should not be heard on your mouth. So this is how the Gemara puts it. The Gemara says, Not to be heard on your mouth. That is an azhar lemesis. That would be a warning. That's the prohibition against one person persuading him. But the Gemara says, But by one who persuades one, it says explicitly, it says, Over there it says, All the people will see and uh, they will no longer do and that is um, and that's talking about the Macy's about one individual, the prohibition the, that's the Azhara but that's Azhara for Madiyah for those the many so we're using the Pasuk of uh, as the Gemara explains as the warning against worshipping against pushing away the many from the Zara. However, uh, one who violates this prohibition, Chayiv Skila is liable for stoning. The Loshin Sanhedrin, the Loshin in the Gemara Sanhedrin, is Madicha Iranidachas Biskila. Those who push away the people of a pushed away city, Biskila. That talks further. If you have the majority of the city of the people go ahead and worship idols, that city gets its own special law. You actually. It destroyed the whole city. That's a whole other process. But here he wasn't really talking about uh, the Irhanidacha so much as he was talking about just one man persuading the many. The details of this mitzvah have been articulated in the 10th chapter of Sanhedrin. Uh, prohibition number 23, Mitzvah of Gimel. That is the warning. We're also warned we're never allowed to rebuild a city that has been uh, destroyed because it was an Iran Nidachas. Can't rebuild it. This is uh, what Hashem says in the Pasik. It says, It should remain an eternal heap, an eternal destruction, never to be built again. Anyone who will build any part of it, it means to say, that he will settle that city as it was. Chayev Malchus would be liable for lashes. The laws of these mitzvahs have been articulated in the 10th chapter of Sanhedrin. And then we have, we have also another in the Sefer HaMitzvahs, in the Prohibitions, number 24. HaMitzvah Chav Dalet. That's how Azhorosh is Hanum Elishtamesh Umelazhenoiz Be'ezudov Menichsir Nedachas. We've been warned not to use or not to benefit from any matter that belongs to the city that Iran Nedachas. V'omri Yisala, this is what Hashem says in the Pasuk, in the Vorim Perikud, Yom Pasuk Yudches, V'lo Yidbag B'yotcham Ume Menachedim. Nothing of the destruction of the cherem in this case shall cl- should, should attach to you, which means you're not allowed to take anything from it. If you take any amount, you're chayiv malchus. You will be chayiv lashes. These laws have been articulated in the tenth chapter of Sanhedrin. All these laws that we're talking about over here, those are uh, laws that are applied to various different kinds of idol worship, various different kinds of prohibition against persuading people to worship idols, whether it's a community, whether it's a city, 
there's also the other prohibitions. The Torah spends a lot of prohibitions on that. You know, when you think about it, if we have 365 prohibitions, and we've spent a lot of these prohibitions dealing with details of these um, of these negative having to do with Avodah In nowadays, a lot of times it feels like idol worship has almost been eradicated. The Talmud actually says that the, the Yetzir Horror for idols has been sort of slaughtered. It's been... Uh, it's been uh, well, I, I think generally, I mean, still, there's still a lot of paganism out there, but generally it's not as it so was to be. There. The, one? the three major religions don't have idols. Yeah. Judaism, Catholicism. Oh, they pray yeah. to But the other thing is also that um, it's an interesting story in the Talmud when the rabbis were, um, it was like in a moment, they beseeched God, so God took away the Yitzhahara for the working and worshiping idols, because the Talmud has a whole story over there that it was one of the rabbis, one of the rabbis of the Talmud, he was a little critical about some of the earlier uh, kings in Israel, Menashe, over there they worshipped idols, and then he was shown that um, if he would have been there, uh, he would have been, you know, maybe a lot worse. Because, you know, it's the, the usual rule. You can never judge anybody until you're in their place. So we don't really know what a person goes through. So something which seems to us pretty simple, so a lot of times it seems like uh, no big deal. But yet, at the time when the Yetzirah works very hard. So they shechted, the Gemara says that the Yetzirah. And then they were also going, they were trying to shecht at the same time the Yetzirah against, uh, you know, people's uh, desires for prohibited relationships and things like that. And then they, it turned out that people wouldn't get married or anything else, so they, <laughs> they brought that back. So, the, you know, that Yetzirah you need, you know, the human nature for, for that, that they left it alone. So, so we'll do today in the Sefer HaMitzvah. This is the Mitzvah Memazayin. This is the 47th... Uh, Mitzvah, this is from the prohibition, the 47 prohibitions. You know, you have the 365 prohibitions and the 248 positive. So this is the Hazhara, the Mitzvah of Zion is Hazhara, Shehziranu Miliyus Chavshim Bimachshavisenu. God has warned us not to be free with our thoughts. In other words, we're not allowed to think whatever we can think. Most of the time, people know that they have to eat kosher, so they, they watch what they eat. But they don't think that they have to watch what they're thinking about. But that is also has to be culture thoughts. It says, You're not allowed to free, freely think to those views that we start believing, those views that oppose the views that the Torah has brought down. Uh, but we limit our thoughts and we make a fence for our thoughts that you stand by you. We stand by this. That we think about is the commands of the Torah and its warnings. Commands are the positive, as Horus are the prohibitions. That is where we limit our focus in our mind. And that is based on the Pasuk. Thank you. That is based on the Pasuk. It's in, in the Bamidbar. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 39. The Pasik says, Don't follow your heart and don't follow your eyes. What does it mean? Um, it means that you shouldn't follow your heart, you shouldn't allow for your thoughts and your heart to be, be drawn in. So he says, The language of the Sifri is, Don't follow your hearts. Zuminus. That is a reference to her, uh, to being her, a heretic, to denying. Those are thoughts which are opposed to the thoughts of Torah. Like it says, over there in chapter 7, verse 26. So over there it says that the woman uh, who would persuade him uh, to uh, follow... Uh, I guess uh, other uh, other beliefs, other um, and you know some of it. I have to look exactly what the pasuk, but that's what it seems to me. What the Rambam is referring to from the uh, Sifri over there, 
like we have in the uh, in the story, like the Midianite woman in the Chumash. Uh, so uh, they would entice the men, and when the men would uh, fall for it, and they'd want to be intimate with them, so they would take out a little idol from their pocket, and they say, "You have to bow down to this idol. You have to worship." So. They uh, they enticed them to to worship Avodah the, the Midianite women that they got them to uh, worship the other Avodah and then uh, that that that's from the first part. Not to go after your hearts, uh, and then zuznus. Now after zuznus, uh, that is now znus normally is 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 is, is interpreted as as adultery or uh, or harlotry. That that's that's what's usually. But here he says he brings from the pasuk by Yomer Shimshon Alavi VeGoimer in Shavti Perik Yudal Pasuk Gimel. So over there uh, it says also over there the Goimer. The main thing is the end of the pasuk over there. Uh, it says that he followed. He followed. He went after his eyes. He was uh, so znus in this context. Actually, the Rambam says, What is it meaning when they say this is nus? What they really mean is, it's redifas atanugas vatayvus hagufnis. This is chasing after the uh, the lights and the desires of the physical. To chasing after all the physical delights. And to constantly have your mind preoccupied, how to accumulate more physicality, how to enjoy more, how to pleasure yourself more. These are not things that are really uh, uh, the Torah perspective on a, uh, a person. That means, don't follow your eyes, don't go after what seems you know, very physically uh, appealing and pleasing and uh, you're drawn to it. And this is what is meant over here in case of Zunus. Zunus means to turn after it, to go and uh, to follow it fully. The Sefer HaMitzvah, this is number 60. HaMitzvah HaMashlim HaShishim. This completes the number 60. And this is from the warnings amongst the 365 prohibitions of the Torah. This is number 60. And this warning is talks about uh, as uh, we are warned not to uh, curse God's holy name. Uh, that would be blasphemy against blasphemy. May he be elevated above everything that those who deny the heretics above and above. Meaning Hashem higher than all of the, of the above. This concept, we refer to it as blessing God because we never want to say even the word cursing God, so we use it blessing God. Blessing God means the opposite. You know, a lot of times in the, uh, in the traditional language, we'll use the opposite, not wanting to say, as for example, the classical example is a person who's blind, we don't say blind, we say Saginar has a lot of light. Well, really, it means he has no light. So sometimes we'll use the extreme opposite to reference it because we don't want to say something negative in that way. And that's also very interesting to see how the Rebbe himself was always very careful not to say and bring out of his lips uh, in, or writing or his lips, you know, it always, you know, when it came back to a verse, he would say, etc., without uh, saying or, you know, just, 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 just trying to be always positive and instead of using, say, something negative. So even something like blind or something like that we find. So anyways, he says, The punishment, one who uh, violates this prohibition, is explicit in the language of the Torah that he would be stoned. Um, this is what Hashem may be elevated says. This is in the Chomesh in Bayikra, in chapter Chavdalet, verse 16. It says, One who blasphemes uh, God's name shall certainly die. The entire community should stone him. But he says, We don't find a warning, a very specific warning in the Torah for this particular sin, sin uh, that you shouldn't uh, blaspheme. There's no prohibition saying. Generally that we say, whenever the Torah gives 
Sometimes the Torah talks about the penalty phase of something. It says, if you do this, you will be punished. As in this case, for blaspheming Hashem, you get punished with stoning, right? Now, we always have to have a prohibition first, because how are, you, how are we going to uh, tell you you're going to be stoned? The Torah never said you're not allowed to do it. We're just saying, if you blaspheme, you get stoned. It tells you the penalty, but it doesn't say anywhere that you're not allowed to do it. And You can't give a punishment unless there's a warning in front of it. So in this case, the Rambam said, the warning comes, not a specific warning for this particular prohibition. But we have a general a warning, which includes this, but also others. The Pasuk says over there, Elohim, Elohim means God, don't curse. Now, that would, Elohim could mean also judges, it could mean other, has another, other connotations as well. This is in Pasuk in Shemais, Perik Chavbeis, Pasuk Chavzayim. So, he says like this, the language the Mechilta uses, since the verse states that one who blasphemes the name of God shall certainly die, so we just hear, we just find over here, we hear about a punishment, but we don't hear about a warning, where's the warning over here? That's why the Pasuk tells us that we have another verse that says, don't curse God, that's the warning. He says like this. He says like this. If you blaspheme God's uh, specific designated name, which is the name of Yud Kevavke, that's the name of God. So that Shem Hamiyuchod, if you blaspheme that, then you have the death penalty. But Al Sharak, you know him. But on the other uh, names that God is called by, that's so that reflect. They are sort of nicknames for God. There's only Bazhara. There's only a prohibition, a warning against it. And further in Mechilta it says, Alakim Litakalo. Losis Litin Loisase Abikas Hashem. This is to tell us that there is a prohibition for blaspheming Hashem's name. For Birkas Hashem. The laws of this mitzvah have been articulated in Sanhedrin. Now the Rambam has a little bit of a problem over here that he's trying to explain, which is also based on the introduction that the Rambam gave. We learned, we studied it, you know, in the past. The Rambam wants to know, we have the exact number of 613, so everything has to fit. And this is part of the struggle, is to find which, which one of the exactly 613 mitzvahs. The Rambam earlier said, that when you have an inclusive mitzvah, we don't count that as a separate mitzvah. In our case, however, we're saying that the, uh, on one hand, the Elikim don't curse Elikim, is a general. It's not only specifically when you're Noikiv, when you're, because sometimes we're not even talking about the name Hashem. Noikiv Shem Hashem, we're talking about specifically if you are blaspheming and you use the name of, the special name of God, not just any name. So that prohibition, though, is a general for all, any kind of cursing, there is a prohibition. So we don't end up having a special prohibition for this. How come we're counting this as a separate prohibition then? If it's a general one, then we shouldn't be counting it as a separate one. So the Rambam, that's what the Rambam goes through now to explain. He says like this. You should know this category of warnings, which would include two or three matters. It's, it's more than just one. It's not one prohibition for one punishment, but a prohibition that consists of two or three matters. That does not make it a category of a prohibition, an inclusive category, which would then not get punishment that wouldn't get malchus. Because in this case, we see very clearly that the Torah did give a punishment for each matter, and he told us, we know for sure that we are warned for them, and that it's a prohibition. Because we know 
that the Torah wouldn't give you a penalty if it didn't warn you. And since this is the warning, so the fact that's not part of the general, when we say that if it's a lavsh of a close, you don't get punished, because in this case, we see clearly the Torah uh, describes you the punishment over here. Rabbi. As we explained in the introduction to this statement, yeah, go ahead. Yes. That's separate. That is separate. That, that, that would be separate. Here we're talking about blasphemy. We're talking about cursing, saying saying negative. In that, uh, and that over there is talking about swearing falsely or you know carrying God's name in vain, either swearing falsely or for no purpose or something like that. They're making a you're making an oath, you know, or saying a lie. You know, you swear on God's name and then you're lying about it or you're just saying. But here we're talking about blasphemy, uh, about say, cursing or saying bad. Uh, and the Rebbe says, so, so, the, author, so the, the Ramam continues saying, we do know that there is a punishment, but since we know the rule is there could be no punishment unless there's a warning. So then we have to investigate where is the warning? Where does it come? Where is the warning? And therefore, once we, once we know that it is a separate mitzvah because there is a punishment for that, so then it doesn't matter where we get the warning from. Even if it's a warning, sometimes you can learn out one of the measures once it's included in some other matter, as we explained in the introduction. Which means, as long as the Torah clearly said that this is a penalty for a certain violation, for something that you do, the fact that the warning is inclusive, or the fact that it's learned out from one of the 13 measures that the Torah can darshan, which that alone would not be a source of making it a separate mitzvah, because if it's a lav should be closed, it doesn't become a separate mitzvah. But in this case, it's a separate mitzvah because there's a separate punishment for that, so we know it's a separate mitzvah. But the fact that we have to find where the prohibition stems from, and even though it's an all-inclusive one, it includes other things, still, that is okay for being that warning. So he says, the the only time, when do we say that a, a prohibition, which is an inclusive one, which would not be a full uh, prohibition because it includes many details, it's if we don't know, we don't have any idea about anything only from this prohibition. So since it's a general, the only thing is, how do we know that we're not allowed to do something is because this prohibition. In our case, how do we know you're not allowed to do it? Because there's a penalty we know you're not allowed to do it. So we're looking for where the prohibition, but if it's all based on the prohibition, but without the prohibition, we don't know where it comes from, then it becomes love should be closed. But if we know first that, that there is a prohibition against it, how do we know there's a prohibition? Because there's a punishment. If there's a punishment, there has to be a prohibition. So now we can find the prohibition, whatever it is. If you do such and such, you'll get this, this will happen to you. Then we don't have to worry about whether the warning is explicit or we learn it out from even a Kavachoymer. Other ways, it doesn't matter. Once you know this, so from this thing, you'll know also many other matters. Basically, the Rambam is setting the rules what could be counted and what not. So in this case, if there's a penalty for something, and you're just searching for the prohibition, then the prohibition, any, pro, any way you can find the prohibition is fine. But if you don't have a penalty, you only have a prohibition, and that prohibition is not the standard prohibition, then that wouldn't be counted as one of the mitzvahs. Say for a mitzvah, the positive mitzvah, kuf pei vav, the positive mitzvah 186. This is hatzivoy, this is the command that we have been commanded to uh, kill the people of a city that has strayed away. If the entire city, all of them, have strayed away, and to uh, burn the city, everything that's in it is all goes up in fire. This is the law of an Ir Hanidachas, the city that strayed away. And this is based on the verse of the Pasik. 
that it says v'sorafto va'eish esayir v'eskol shlolo. In Perikut Gimel and Dvarim, Perikut Gimel Pasuk Zayin, over there it says you shall burn in fire this city and all of its spoil. Everything goes up in fire. And the details of this mitzvah have been articulated in the tractate Sanhedrin. It says here, he says here, the whole city, but the majority of the city would also be, but those are details of the laws that are uh, articulated in the Rambam itself.